freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three reaction pod for the Sony Open. And joining me to break it all down, back at it again, it's the coach. What up, coach? Well, I'm telling you what, if, if you want my reaction to round three, my reaction is you can pick somebody for a round three bet. They can shoot 64 and you can still lose. I mean, this is crazy what's going on at Wildlife. Somebody told these guys the gas was on the right, and they have not let off all day long. Scoring average wrapping up uh, essentially a shade under three and a half shots under par, which would be a historic day of scoring around Wiley. So, yeah, if you were three under, you lost strokes to the field, Coach. It's wild. I was two and one in my round three picks today, and the one uh, pick that I lost was Brendan Todd. Uh, against Anirban Lahiri, and Brennan Tosh shot a 66. <laughs> Lahiri shoots a 64. I mean, it's crazy when you feel like you're on the right pick and guys are just blowing past whoever you're picking. I mean, this is uh, it really is incredible. A lot of people don't like this kind of golf when you really can't go backwards, but once in a while, I like it. But two weeks in a row, this is it's the same as last week. Uh, it, it sure is, and also might be a little bit reminiscent of last year with Brendan Steele atop the leaderboard heading into the final round. Brendan Steele lost in a playoff to Cameron Smith at the 2020 edition of the Sony Open. And coach, it was a nine under blemish free 61 around Wiley that puts him in pole position heading into Sunday. I don't know what it is about him, like when he goes to the safe way after a couple of weeks off. Uh, he always plays well there. And, and I know that uh, uh, Jacob, the jeweler, our producer, uh, sent us a, a tweet on a radio interview, right, that, that Brendan Steele did with our, our buddies Michael Collins and Jason Sobel. Uh, and he's kind of calling his shot. I don't know why he can't play well when he plays three or four weeks in a row, but apparently when he's had a lot of time off, he plays well. Yeah, that interview you're referencing on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, Brandon Steele gives a quote that says, uh, coming off a big break, that's usually when you, when you want to take a look at me. We should have listened, Coach, uh, because he told us this uh, just a handful of days ago. But you're right. It's something interesting about this time of year, whether it is a break for him, uh, the ability to reset. And then I also love a guy who, you know, these guys are all confident in their own way, but not a lot of them might come out and say so in an interview, especially when they're kind of talking you know, uh, around, uh, hey, you can bet on me this week. This is good to see from Brendan Steele. Obviously very confident heading into a place he's had good success. I like the fact that guys are now talking about gambling and betting on themselves because so many times I've done interviews, whether I was at SportsCenter or doing PGA Tour Live, and it's like, oh, I can't talk about that. Oh, we, yeah. we don't even think about people putting money on me. And I'm like, yes, you do. You absolutely do. It's a big part of the game now. Uh, so I like it when somebody says, bet on me. Look at the odds. They're too low or they're too high uh, because it's becoming such a big part of the game, Rick, that it would be naive for us to think that the players don't think about it, don't talk about it, uh, and in some level uh, feel a little bit of pressure if they know that they're a favorite like Joaquin Neiman, who I thought had an off day yesterday. But if I told you last night on the show, I said yeah. if 
looking at one guy. He said it would be Neiman to have a bounce back, and look what he did today. He came back with a 63. Yeah, the conversation we had was if that's Joaquin Neiman's bad round, a, a one under 69 on Friday, oh boy, watch out because he's playing yeah. great. Uh, the round of the day, or I guess one of them, also came from Kevin Na, a similar nine under 61, and I think it's uh, funny and a little bit sad, Coach. So so Kevin Na shoots a 61. He's playing with Keith, Keith Mitchell, who shoots a 63. So those guys are a combined 16 under par and they are just dragging along Troy Merritt who shoots an even round of an even par round of 70. I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> See, that would have that would have been one of the bets I would have got hot at because almost all the time on a round bet uh, it, you, it's you're they usually put matchups that are somebody that you're playing with. And so if you had Keith Mitchell today and he shot a 63 and you lost <laughs> yeah. that head yeah. to head how hot are you going to be? Uh, but I love the interview that Kevin Knott did afterwards because so many players, and this is why I actually told the PGA Tour this one time, I said, hire me to run a promo school for these players to teach them how to be entertaining, to teach them how to not go, you know what, yeah, I did shoot a 61 today, but uh, I could have made more putts. I could have hit a little bit crisper. I, you know, they, that's what they always do, right? But not okay. Kevin Knott. They asked him, he said, I hit a great I made everything. I was, today I was the man. If I make one or two more putts tomorrow, I think I've got a shot. That's refreshing. And Kevin Na is refreshing whenever he's in contention. I love watching him play. Yeah, he said, I played fantastic on Saturday. And coach, you know, I think that's interesting. The little the little self-branding of these guys. You know, Kevin Na, he's won a couple of times over the past couple of years. He's averaging like a win a year. But I feel like he is at least uh, more well-known in, in some of the more casual golf uh, spheres than other guys. And maybe it's because he walks in putts, maybe because he has great stuff like this and you see him smiling all the time. Maybe it's because he makes a 13 on a hole every once in a while. But I, I do like that idea of just be a little bit, a little, little brand action for Mr. Kevin Knopf. I believe that he's had two of the most iconic moments on camera, maybe in the history of the PGA Tour, the 17 in San Antonio. 17, that's what it was, yeah. And then the fact that Tiger Woods imitated him when they were playing together. Uh, and they both had a good uh, yuckety-yuck over that. And I think that's what people remember about him, that he laughs. And and the one thing I love about him the most, Rick, is he he, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. You absolutely know when yeah. something means something to him. He won, what, in Vegas a year or two ago, and he was just sobbing when yep. he got done because he was getting ready to, to make a trip uh, to his home country where we didn't even know the story about him being exiled, something of a previous relationship, and he couldn't, he hadn't gone back there in years, and all this emotion is pouring out of him. I love players like that. I don't care what the sport is. I want to know that you care. I want to know that it matters to you. I want to know that you're not a robot. And Kevin Na, all his emotions right here on his sleeve. Uh, it, it's so interesting because we know, you know he's probably one of the most volatile players as as you mentioned the 17 in in, in Texas and then it, you know goes out shoots a 61 here's a great stat the most official rounds of 61 or lower since 2010 Justin Thomas has four of them Brent Snedeker has four of them Kevin Na has four of them that's the most it's like and he, he yeah, I, I wish I was. I am not. It's it's unbelievable stuff. Obviously, when he gets it going, it is just white hot. I would be sitting there for hours <laughs> guessing if you said, tell me the three players yeah. that have had four rounds of 61 in the last 11 years. And I guarantee you, Kevin Na and Brant Snedeker, although I might get Sneds. Well, because Sneds because of the 59. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'd probably get Sneds. And Justin Thomas had a 59 at this right. event actually a couple of years ago, but I, I do not believe I would ever guess Kevin Na. 
Right. Nas, the one in that group that hasn't shot a 59. Uh, let's talk about the young Chilean because here he is at it again for the second straight week. Of course, he falls to, I'm talking about Joaquin Neiman, who falls to Harris English in a playoff at the Tournament of Champions and shoots a sparkling 63 bogey free that culminates in a birdie on 17 and an, oh, by the way, eagle on 18 coach. That's the way to finish around. We were talking in a production meeting the other day. How much does motivation really matter to certain players in different sports? And, you know, we, me and you and a couple other guys, Kyle and those guys, we were talking about this on Tuesday. Uh, the fact that in the fall, Joaquin Neiman made it such a big story that his either his cousin or his cousin's his nephew, somebody right. in the family, right, uh, has a very serious, uh, expensive uh, surgery and disease and that he needs to donate all this money to help them pay for it. And I believe that that has been the biggest reason, the single biggest reason that his game has all of a sudden skyrocketed into him contending week in and week out because there's something bigger than himself. That may sound silly. It may sound like I'm really reaching, but I don't believe that I am. I think ever since that happened, his game has been on point and his iron play is absolutely incredible right now. And look at this week, 62, 69, 63, coming off what, let's be honest, he should have won last week. If he just birdies 18, it's over. Yeah, I don't think you're reaching at all, Coach. It's it's the $2.1 million that he needs for the, uh, I don't know if it's a treatment for his, for his relative, but he's been donating every dollar of his earnings this year, and he's been getting help from a lot of, uh, a lot of people in, in the golfing world and, and, and some of his peers. And uh, last I checked, they were very close to that number last week. So obviously a victory here at the Sony Open would uh, do more than enough, which is, which is so interesting when we've got you know the on-course implications and then the off-course real world implications of things that are going on. Joaquin Neiman should be atop the list of guys you should be rooting for tomorrow. There's no doubt about it, but let's not bury the lead here because I came into CBS and Sportsline in the first cut a little bit late, so you guys let me jump into the competitions, but you didn't let me jump in at the top. So last week in our one and dones, I had Xander, and he came home with a nice $250,000, and now this week I have Russell Henley, and I'm looking down, and he finishes today with yep. a nice finish, he gets to 565. So he's just three back. So just think, if he can have a big day on Sunday, I could be right there with you boys after two weeks. Uh, that is true, but not so fast. I have Daniel Berger, who is one shot behind Russell Henley. So we have we. You might not make up some grounds on me, Coach. But it is interesting. You've got Russell Henley there, who's who's three shots back, and he holes out from a bunker on his final hole for eagle to get into the clubhouse with a sixty-five. So he's got rounds of 66, 64, 65. And one of the things that you and I talked about, Coach, last week is uh, you know he's got those winning vibes here at Wyla. You know he's gonna that's gonna feel a bit familiar for him. Maybe Sunday day on the back nine trying to close one of these things out he is certainly in play for for raising this trophy on sunday afternoon and we talk about it all the time horses for courses that's what we say and, and this is how these guys put their schedules together uh, i thought it was incredible this week though the, the kevin kisner interview when he was asked if he could win a certain course he's like no he's like well then why do you show up he's like because they play a lot for 20th uh and that's exactly how i would think if i was a professional golfer i'd be like they're paying 50 grand for 20th yeah i'll show up for that they're paying 70 grand for, yeah, I'll show up for that. Uh, but for some reason, Russell Henley, right from the jump, his very first tournament ever on tour, he yeah. won in 2013. And so ever since then, 
this has been his spot. Maybe it's starting January. Maybe it's starting the new year. I don't know what it is. But when he comes here, his game snaps into form. And right now he's in a T4, uh, very much alive to win this tournament tomorrow. I heard that on the telecast that that was his first start as a professional that he won. And I had completely forgotten about that. That had been removed from my memory. So I've got uh, looking ahead to the odds for Sunday. And I see Brendan Steele, thanks to our friends over at Will Hill, installed at 3.33 3.33 to 1, so plus 333. Joaquin Neiman at plus 400, and Kevin Na at plus 700. Those are the three guys in single digits, coach. And then it opens up a pretty big gap if you do want to invest in a Russell Henley at 14 to 1. That's the same price as Daniel Berger and Charlie Hoffman. So William Hill thinks that these top three, Steele, Neiman, and Na, are likely going to, one of them is likely going to be uh, victorious th- this time tomorrow. You you said that Steele was plus three thirty three, correct? Right. So whenever I'm playing a winner, a live winner, um, and I say to myself, "You're going to give me a two shot lead plus money, and there's only two guys within two, and then then there's a couple or several that are three back." I'm willing to make that bet. I would rather make that bet at plus three thirty three than bet on Joaquin Neiman at plus four hundred. There's really no difference there. And he's got to make up the two shots, and he's got to pass him. So essentially, he's got to make up three shots for him to win. So if I'm looking at these numbers, and what does it tell you about Vegas that Kevin Na is 300 less or more? <laughs> look at it than the same guy that he is tied with. You know what I mean? So I, it's interesting that those are the the numbers right now. I, I think what is really interesting is so so what what we find on either after round uh, round two or round three. The biggest name eats up a lot of of the odds, right? So you, that's what you just mentioned, Coach. Is Joaquin Neiman, who's two shots back, is plus four hundred, while the guy who's two shots clear is plus three thirty three. So this is this is one of those situations, Coach, where I'm like, well, if you've missed out on Joaquin Neiman at this point, that number's unbettable now. You know, four four to one with you know two back with eighteen to go, that's unbettable. But if you were still interested in getting in, th- that creates value on Brendan Steele and Kevin Na, where if you removed Neiman and it was you know Charlie Hoffman was up there like there just there would just be what I would think would be more fair odds I I actually think that Neiman skews the board a little bit and if you don't want to bet him that's good for you interesting because I'm I'm looking at this and and the thing that just popped into my head is this is why tournaments like this are what sports books love because you always have that better that looks down the board and they go oh I can get plus 2,000 from a guy who's six back. And if he goes bananas on, and how many times does that happen? That's why they love golf betting because you can make 12 different picks and only one guy is going to win on Sunday. That's why it's so impressive when you pick somebody who's five back and they leapfrog and and go for the win. It, It happens very rarely, but it does happen. Now, one more note before we get out of here. Uh, last year, Cam Smith, Brendan Steele, Ryan Palmer coming down the stretch, wet, windy, nasty. Don't necessarily expect that on Sunday this year, but tee times have been moved up. There is weather coming in. They expect rain in the afternoon and on Monday. They're trying to get this in. So we'll see if any of that uh, inclement weather impacts the finish of this Sony Open coach, but it's a reminder that they're moving up. They're going off split tees. They're playing in threesomes again, and we are going to get this done early and TV coverage is going to start at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So if you want to make sure you're following along, 
you know, it's not early because it's in Hawaii, but be, be aware of this. Could we do that for every tournament, please? Either do both tees or if you want to play in the afternoon, I can have my own morning to me yeah. and then start like at noon if we do what they did today. I wish they did it for every tournament. I We had this in the fall, I think it was, or maybe it was in the summer. Uh, there was a couple of, of events in a row where on Saturday they went off early on split tees, and we were, like, recording the pod at 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm like, this is amazing. We have the whole afternoon left. Like, this should be a Saturday staple. Moving day should mean get it done. Let's go. Move it on. Let's get this over with. <laughs> I wish they would think about us because it, it, it is, it's obvious that we're the important ones, not the player. It's us at the first cut. So start thinking about people other than yourself. Listen, they're going to play 18 holes no matter what. We got, you know, we got to do it over here. So all good. Uh, Producer Jacob behind the glass doing his thing as usual. That right there, Jonathan Coachman, the coach. You can find him on Twitter at the Coach Rules. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. 